and welcome to Next Slide, please, the podcast which takes you onto a journey into management consulting. My name is Tobias Stahl. I'm a principal with Strategy Engineers, and Strategy Engineers is a management consulting firm specializing in sustainable mobility. I haven't had a podcast in, I think, six weeks, and that's due to me being on vacation. Um, I enjoyed quite some, quite some time off because there was uh, some days left over from last year. And I utilized that to spend some quality time with my kids. And now I'm back. And that's why I'm recording straight away on the second day, being back in the office. And in the last episode, if you remember, I was talking to Louis about his internship. And initially, I actually wanted to talk to two interns at the same time. But that proved difficult because they are busy and I was on vacation. So that's the reason why we pick up with Rico today. Rico, welcome to next slide, please. Thanks. I'm happy to be here and to be in this podcast after Luis has already been here. For everybody who doesn't know you, and I assume that will be the majority of everybody listening, um, can you give us a brief introduction on who you are, what you study, and when you joined Strategy Engineers? My name is Rico. I'm 24 years old. And before I started my internship at Strategy Engineers, I had just finished my bachelor in engineering science, uh, which I did at the TU Munich. And I thought that in between studying, studying, studying through my whole bachelor's and master's, I wanted to gain some practical experience and confirm that I'm heading in the right direction and what I want to do career-wise later. So that's why I joined uh, Strategy Engineers for an internship before now continuing with my master's in development, production and management in mechanical engineering at the TU Munich. Nice. That sounds like quite the, the typical profile. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, yes, it does. Yeah, well, that's good because in the end, we always have technology-related questions. So mm -hmm. it's, it's good if someone has the technology background, whereas I think all the business administration background in terms of methodologies, frameworks, etc., I think that's easier to learn than the, the hard basis of um, well physics, mathematics, etc., Usually, I would say uh, being a ski instructor makes me stand out a bit, but we also have quite a few ad strategy engineers and outdoor sports people in general, just like you and Louis <laughs> from Winter doing mountain biking. Yeah, yeah, that was actually quite quite funny when I saw the the applications coming in and then the confirmation. Okay, Rico is joining us. Ah, another skiing instructor. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> because there's there's something about you guys. Um, I think it's. Um, It's hard to deny there is something mm -hmm. about skiing instructors, um, at least at our company. Mm -hmm. um, there is a certain pattern of engaging people and motivating people and um, having an outgoing personality. So that's I think that's coming together quite nicely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool. So talking about your internship, um, how long did you join us and how long was the time between applying and actually starting the internship for you? So maybe the... Uh best part or a very good part first um, you guys were incredibly quick with the application process um, I also applied to some bigger uh, uh, consulting firms and I think with you like everything from getting feedback getting an answer having the interview done and getting the confirmation was done before I got the invite from interview from bigger companies so that's probably also an advantage because of you guys being smaller having less administrative stuff to do um, there was just a really smooth and quick process from applying to confirming the internship, which I originally planned to do mm -hmm. for three months. 
But the project that we're probably going to be talking about later turned out to be so interesting and I learned so much that I extended for the fourth month, even accepting a month of uh, skiing less. So that should say something. <laughs> <laughs> that comes at a high cost. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and thanks for the feedback. So that's, that's always very helpful. Um, and I think in the end, we have learned that you have to be quick because the, the good candidates that you find and that are really, well, that have a drive for a topic, they also have a drive for taking decisions if it comes to themselves. Meaning if you have them waiting, um, the probability that they will find something else to do is very high. So that's why we, why we try to be as quick as possible and as reasonably feasible because of course you want to have our process conducted properly. To really know that we can offer you what you expect and we know what we can expect from you when you join us for the internship so that's that's perfect and everybody who's interested in that could actually listen to the dedicated episode that i recorded together with my colleague hans on how does it work to become an intern at SE. perfect so rico with that said you announced that your internship was quite interesting <laughs> can you give us a very brief rundown on what you did, what the client company was, um, what was the question? So maybe just in uh, the beginning or as a starter, like probably also many others, I didn't start on the project from day one. So there was some introduction mm -hmm. period where I did some internal stuff, helped out in an internal evaluation team and just in general helped on, on research papers because that's, I believe, it's just as, I guess also for you guys, just a smoother way to onboard people. Um, with less deadlines or stressful situations coming up right in the beginning. And then three or four weeks later, we started um, a very interesting project with one of the global truck manufacturers, which was I was allowed and honored to be a part of. And it was cool because that's also the main things about SE because the company itself is relatively small. So when you're on a project, you're not the 17th guy in the seventh row uh, working some stuff <laughs> in the background just because of the number of people involved you also get to do a sig some significant share of the work but also you are involved in more of the relevant stuff so you actually know what's going on in the project and not just helping out uh, from the back yeah 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 you're standing well not first row but you're standing very close to the first row because we make sure that the client knows that you're an intern, so they don't treat you as um, a full-time employee, um, because we want to have the feedback, well, first to our core team members, and then we can internally align with the intern, but we want to make sure that you can learn straight straight from the source. So that's, yeah, that's on, on purpose, how we handle that. With that said, what was the project about? What did you learn? What did you work on? Well, as said, it was about a, a truck manufacturer who wanted to know how he should focus in the research and development of the next truck generation and what aspects of uh, the truck uh, should be emphasized so that they stand out above the competitors. Um, so for me, that meant in the beginning, of course, getting educated about the truck market because if you don't have a project in this direction in your studies, you don't know much about it, who are the competitors, etc. Um, fun fact on the side, half a year later, I'm still looking at truck brands just because I had to do with them so much on the project. Um, <laughs> and then it was just 
figuring out in the first weeks of the project what I was good, quick at, and what helped, what I could do well, and what helped the team. Um, and in my case, that was also a bit of a cliche, but but I didn't mind it and found it quite interesting. Excel work. Mm-hmm. So, on the one hand, uh, Lucas, um, who was also in project, he did the more the most important data analysis stuff. But I focused on developing tools um, which the clients, employees could use to give us feedback how they evaluate their product compared to the competitor's product and making that Excel tools, uh, these Excel tools as convenient to use as possible. So when you use them and bring them up in a client meeting, it's not an ugly looking sheet that everybody needs 10 minutes to understand, (laughs) but that it logically guides you through what to do that you just have to explain it in two minutes and then everybody knows what to do, can do it for a quick time, and then we can consolidate the results afterwards. Because uh, what I learned throughout these meetings or workshops that I was uh, could be a part of, because we were at the client's side a few times, is that when you have this many people, it's just like in school or uni, it's quite easy probably to use lose interest, mm-hmm. uh, to lose mm-hmm. the people's interest when you explain something too difficult, too long, because you've built this tool for hours, you know how it works, every page, etc. But for them, it's new. And if it's then ugly, just black and white lines, then nobody wants yep. to fill it yep. out. And it sounds quite simple, but the improvements over the project really helped how easily the people could do it. And quite frankly, how much fun, if there's such a thing, they had uh, filling out an Excel sheet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You said there were quite many people involved. Can you give us a brief overview on the different hierarchy levels and the, you mentioned workshops, so more the, the project structure, where all this came to play? Uh, you mean on the client side? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our... Um, we were tasked by the client's um, head of truck development. Mm-hmm. That's the level the project was uh, set at. And there were uh, other people who were on the same level involved as well. Like in some meetings, there was the head of tr- truck sales or the head of design involved. And then it went down in the hierarchy, um, depending on which people we rec- uh, which people could give us valuable input for uh, the different workshops. Some were focused on future trends, future positioning. Others were uh, focused on suspension or software design in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. And just between these people, you had many different uh, backgrounds, which you could also very much notice in the meeting with somebody, let's say, for example, the designer brought something up. So (laughs) is that really relevant? And then the guy whose entire specialty was this topic would say, (laughs) yes, this is relevant because truck drivers focus on and also the other way around, like on the engineering side, you probably had, of course, more focus on in building a well-engineered truck. When on the other hand, the designer said, hey, this truck also needs to communicate. I'm a modern truck, I'm an electric truck, I'm futuristic, etc." And that's also one of the most interesting aspects of the uh, project that uh, feedback we got a lot was that, hey, it's cool to talk to people from other departments. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm especially if it's not like top guy to top guy, but one guy in the design details, probably to one guy in the engineering details. Um, And I learned that this is, 
I think, I believe with my limited experience from the internship, that that is something that doesn't happen too much in larger companies because they have this, these well-established structures. They probably also have for efficiency reasons because if anybody talked to anybody, nothing would ever get done. But it also comes with downsides and it was very interesting to see that such a consulting project can bring the benefit for them that cross-functional teams are built, which usually probably doesn't happen too often there. Yeah. That was the most important buzzword, the cross-functional bit. Um, yeah. In the end, what we want to do, as you as you said, we are working there at the very heart of what this truck OEM is going to do with their portfolio going forward. And that largely defines their competitiveness on, on the final scale. Mm -hmm. And if you want to add value as a consultancy there, you have to do something that they do not do internally but that you can easily implement if you run a project. And this cross-functional approach is exactly something like that. So saying we, we develop something together with you that you could do internally, but we do it differently. I think that is something where we can bring in, of course, our external experience from working with other OEMs um, and from understanding the market. But ultimately, the solution that needs to be developed is something that the people inside the OEM's organization believe in because otherwise it will not happen. And therefore, I think this approach that we went for and how we run these complete vehicle and portfolio positioning projects is super helpful to get commitment from the organization. And that starts with people believing that this is the right way. And you get people to believe that if, as you said, you have a reasoning that goes beyond the department walls. Because you see, okay, that's the bigger picture and this is how we need to tackle them in order to be successful. So that's yeah, very helpful and I fully agree that makes a difference. Um, and it's also something that people come to like. If you know there is 5, 10, 15, 20 workshops and some of these people will participate in all of them, it's actually very interesting that you know, okay, there's again coming a bunch of people that I might have seen. I might know that they are there, but I'm not talking to them on a regular basis. And now this is happening. So that's something cool and something motivating and yeah, positive. I, I found it was it, it worked both ways. On the one hand, it was very interesting to, for them to see um, other colleagues from other department, but of course also what I've uh, what we had to deal with, I'd say, was that it's a project with a long term scope. So the problem you're solving now is not a problem that's going to bite you if you don't solve it today. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we often had a conflict that was also interesting because for you as a consultant, you're working all, all of your day on this one topic. You're like, oh, this is obviously important. I'm working all my day on this. But for people at the client side, it's often just one other meeting. And we had a bit of a, or it was just something that naturally occurred that you always have the balance between what is important, what is urgent. So what we probably did was for the client was important, but not very urgent. So then... As you said, mm -hmm. um, you have to keep the meetings interesting. Um, and on the one hand, the, the cross-functional cross uh, composition did that. On the other hand, also, as you said, um, which I believe I heard from Arndt and Lucas, that we also got a lot of positive feedback on the fact that we didn't go there on the first day, talk to them, then build something in our own kitchen and then presented it to them on the last day but quite the opposite that we were there mm -hmm. for many days talking to them. Yeah, yeah, and jointly developing something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now you mentioned 
Arndt and Lucas. So apparently the project team was not only you, um, <laughs> Hopefully but not. it was a, a setup of, of four persons, which is quite a compact setup, um, mm -hmm. given the scope that you had to work on. And I think it's um, no secret that you had quite some extensive working hours, um, mm -hmm. especially in these workshop settings that always leads yeah. to a lot of work. Um, what did you take from the internship? both in terms of what you can do and also, of course, how we support our clients in making a difference. Um, for one, team composition, I believe, is everything. Because if you're working mm -hmm. longer hours, if you have deadlines that you can't push push out because it's was set on that day because 20 people had time on that day, you can't just be like, ah, sorry, mm, my workday is over. Uh, could we postpone it? Because then you're not going to find a time slot till I don't know when, next month, two months out. And so when you have that situation that you need to work longer, either because there's just a lot to do or probably also what happened to me in the beginning that I just misjudged how quickly I could do a task. Um, then if, if you get along and, and you have a good spirit and everybody wants to do the project, and everybody's interested, that makes it just that much more fun and also makes it way easier to work longer, longer hours if it's just the time uh, you're working that's a bit not annoying but tough but not also that mm -hmm. your people are the people are hard to deal with etc et that you know you can go there work a long day and you're always going to have fun with the people and have a good time that was very important uh first mm -hmm. second that planning your work and guessing how long something will take maybe also cal calculating backwards from the day that you I have the workshop, okay, one day before I want to, or two days before I want to be finished, etc. And also just becoming good at time planning and anticipating what additional work may pop up on the one hand. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. on the other hand, um, that you need to be obviously very thorough because it's not helping anyone. If you have a very good idea, you implement it, let's say in Excel and you fix it in Excel and then you only fix it in one slide and forget to do it on the other slides. Because of course, it's a good thought you had, but this positive benefit of having a good thought or a good slide, whatever, gets completely eaten up if you have contradicting numbers that confuse the client. Of course, you can say, whoopsie daisy, uh, numbers got mixed up, <laughs> but that works exactly one time, like there's a this yeah, thing, I don't yeah. know how you say it in English, like one time is no time, but if it happens two times, then it's actually a problem. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it depends on the hierarchy level. So if you say yes. you have the, the head of product development in there, um, this better doesn't happen at all. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a part that doesn't help you too much if you're just clever with ideas. You also need to present them consistently, believably in in a good uh, appealing design that's easy to grasp because the same as with the Excel, you had it, you've been working on this presentation for days, you probably know every slide on a first name basis, um, but the client doesn't, they are probably seeing it for two, three, four minutes and if then you don't have a logical structure and that I obviously also learned a lot from Lucas who was like, okay, it sounds cliche, we need an icon there, but it's just easier to see an icon than to read something and put it into context. And mm -hmm. just stuff like this is not just the idea, but also how well you and how quickly you are able to communicate it uh, visually and consistently over 
handout, slides, email, etc. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. As we say, consistency is king. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even if you might make a mistake, but then make it uh, throughout everything. <laughs> at least make it everywhere. Not, that's at least that's, better, yeah. Yeah, that's easier to explain. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the same with wording. I think in, in school you, you are teach that if you write an essay or whatever, you should make sure that you use elaborate wording and that you make a difference in your wording. Mm -hmm. And if you apply that to a consulting project, you might want to use the same term for the same thing every time you use it. Yes. Because that's just confusing if something changes the meaning or people think it changes the meaning where it's just the word that changes, but the, the meaning is actually the same. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that goes along the same lines. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good finding. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And besides from that, I mean, obviously you just develop much better access. access. Some, some cliches about consulting are just true. It's not a short work day and you work a lot with Excel and, and PowerPoint, but I guess that's also something that you will do in many jobs you will ever have. So it's yeah. great to develop that knowledge in the beginning, uh, rather than at some point later in your career. Um, that was an, another great thing. And then, oh, one of the greatest advantages about working in a consulting firm, I guess, is that you don't get to know one company's culture, but the company culture with at least two companies. Mm -hmm. uh, at least if you have a project where you're being on site, you get to yeah. know the company you're working at, in this case, strategy engineers. But if you're if just like I was lucky enough, um, you also get to know the other company's culture. How are they working? How are they in the meetings? Are they always booked back to back? Do they have some time in between? How do they just discuss things? Uh, What's, what is it like working in a big company? Like we said, it's a truck OEM. They have a few more administrative hurdles that you have to jump over before you say, can get into a building. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there is very cool that, of course, that extends the longer you are in a consultancy like for you i don't know how many projects you've done but you've seen many many companies uh, big or small how do they work together what great things do large companies have what not so great things do they have that was also very cool yeah yeah so and summarizing your experience um is consulting still a thing for you or are you done with it <laughs> um, open question <laughs> very open question i think that Consulting in one way or another is always interesting to me because I'm a generalist more than a specialist. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not too much interested uh, in too much interested in digging myself into this one super narrow topic for years, etc. Um, mm -hmm. And then only working on this part. But I like to just like in my studies, I picked a very broad study as a bachelor and a very broad study as a master. I like to gain a basis in everything from finance stuff to engineering stuff. I also picked a law sub, uh, subject, now one about game theory, just because I think it's interesting to have some foundational knowledge in some foundational knowledge in many aspects that are important to me or that I could imagine doing a career in. And this mm -hmm. obviously is also main part in consulting. Uh, always learning about new top new topics and f always 
learning about new industries, the client, how do they work? Um, and for now, I think this is, uh, as you said, is it still a thing for me? Yes, definitely. But I think for another internship, like I think this internship was very valuable, but I think before you've started your first full-time job, you're in a position where you can do internships left and right and p uh, learn about different industries. And after picking your first full-time job, working for three years full-time at a company, you can't really apply to an intern and say like, hey, I want to be here for 10 reasons. So I'll see how you guys yeah. are doing in yeah. this industry. So this mm -hmm. is where I think that for my internship career or the first two or next one or two internships I will still be doing, I want to do them in different industries because mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. I can learn much more than I can learn in another consulting firm. With you guys, I've learned what great uh, consulting company culture is. I've learned what uh, how consulting firm works at its basics. I'm not claiming that I know everything about a consulting firm, but I think uh, kind of like diminishing returns. I would now learn much more if I go to an engineering firm, to a um, finance firm uh, and get an entirely new view, uh, inside view on another industry before then mm -hmm. probably mm -hmm. coming back to consulting after my master's. I think that's a fantastic summary. Actually, usually I try to be the one um, giving the, the valuable career advice, but I think <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> I think that was very much on point. Um, if you have a plan in mind like you have, so being rather broad um, and figuring out what you want by actually doing it and mm -hmm. trying it and testing yourself also because that entails probably that you do better at some things and maybe worse at others so you will you will learn something about yourself in the process i think that's the number one reason why you should do the internships and why you should try that um yeah so perfect perfect summary also great feedback to us i think that's um, very very kind very helpful of course, I will share that with the project team, but I know that you have told them already. Um, with that, is there any final remarks, any statement that you would like to make looking back at the internship, looking back at your time at Strategy Engineers? Um, during the internship, people often asked, what, what's it like working at a consultancy? Are the cliches true, etc.? And I usually mm -hmm. told them, all the cliches are true, just as either people are nicer. Because there's always this elbow elbow cliche and looking down on people lower down the hierarchy, and that just isn't the case here. Like the way we or I we had lunch during my internship in in the office with partners, managers, principals, senior consultants down to interns. That's very cool, and I'm not sure if that happens at bigger and other consultancies as well. So yeah, thanks for the yeah. great company culture. <laughs> <laughs> happy to hear that thanks for the amazing internship and with that i would say let's end today's episode thanks for everybody who listened and of course happy to hear feedback both on linkedin or wherever you're listening to this um that if you have a question towards any specific topic that you would like to get covered or that might be of interest to you um please feel free to reach out i've received great feedback on the episode with Lewis because there is people who have specific questions. Um, some of them will be addressed personally. Others might even make a podcast episode. But for today, Rico, thank you very much for sharing your insights 
and your experiences from the internship with us. Thanks for having me. Of course, I, I wish you all the best for your future. Um, I think it's going to be a bright one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.